Ultimate Clash. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down to Wicked Wednesday, the raging redhead Cam Stewart. Man, you know, we, we already had Cam on all night here tonight for the most part, but I'd love to do a live check-in right now. I wish we just had a live, like, live Cam Cam. <laughs> the Cam Cam. I wish we had a live Cam Cam to check in with Cam uh, again uh, right now just to see if he's actually sitting there, like, you know, drinking beer. I do believe he's naked as well. I stayed with Cam for a couple of weeks uh, during I was quarantined. And, um, yeah, Cam does walk around a lot, towels, bathrobes. Uh, Cam's, pretty, Cam's a pretty uh, free, uh, free, <laughs> free person. Like, I like to check in. Right now, Cam's sitting there, like, in his underwear in the dark, you know, staring at a computer screen watching Australian horse racing. God bless him. Thanks, Dean Cameron, for kicking it with us uh, as well. So, so we throw it down to here on the Wicked uh, Wednesday. We take a look at the NBA situation. LeBron James uh, stepping up and getting more money, and he's not getting enough money. Um, John Wall. John Wall is back. And let me tell you, man, John Wall really is one of the best players in the NBA. We've forgotten about him. He hasn't been around in a couple of years. But when John Wall is healthy, and John Wall has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove uh, right now. John Wall could be a real baller. He brings a lot more to the table than Russell Westbrook uh, does. The problem with John Wall is he's just one of these dudes that doesn't get along with everybody. He gets along with some guys, but not, not with all guys. But the, in the big picture, it really doesn't change anything. It's amazing how last year's NBA season sort of like NBA seasons don't always carry over into each other, all right? But this year doesn't have that feel because they just ended last year. This free agent class, there was nobody good out there. There were a couple of deals, this and that, you know, Sergi Baca, nothing really like, wow. Like nothing has really changed the league, uh, so to speak. And, you know, here we are right now. And suddenly you're thinking, you know what? The Lakers kind of still are the team to beat. And it's crazy to say, because I don't think the Lakers are a dominant team, but I like the Herald pickup. LeBron, LeBron, I think LeBron's gunning for you, MJ, right now. It's the only thing that really us old, old jackasses have is, yeah, whatever. Look at the titles, right? Look at the titles. LeBron's on a mission. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. Get a Michael Jordan. Late night anger man, quick class. I am a Renzi. So yeah, you know, so what you know the trade today, people aren't gonna talk about uh about LeBron James. Uh the contract, uh, right? His contract extension. So um not even 90, 85 million dollars. Two-year deal, 85 million dollars for LeBron James. LeBron James, and I tweeted this out earlier. 
um, LeBron James, as crazy as it is, but he's the most underpaid athlete in the world, besides like every UFC fighter. <laughs> besides that, and poor Nate Robinson, that got paid 600 bucks to get dropped the other day. And speaking of which, actually, I don't know. I don't know if, um, I know, Mateus, you're into MMA and, uh, and the UFC and stuff like that. So I don't know if you, you know, you're into this YouTube boxing crap and, you know, the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones is one thing, but I, I don't know. So I don't know if you watch this stuff. I know Yang doesn't, but I don't know the Paul brothers. I can't tell which one's which. They're both just kind of jackasses to me. But I give the guy credit. He runs his mouth and he's willing to fight people. And he knocked, but Nate Robinson, all right, Nate Robinson's a tough dude and stuff, but it's not the biggest dude in the world. But now he's calling out Evander Kane. Um, well, I guess Evander Kane said something. And I saw it like, oh, buddy, Paul is like, I don't know who Evander Kane is, so I'm not, I wouldn't mess my time with this guy. But you're in the NHL, bro. Don't be wasting your time with YouTube people and, and, and this crap. Hey, Gabe, did you uh, see the uh, meme with uh, Nate Robinson with the uh, NBA logo with him laying down? It had the uh, NBA not boxing anymore. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, you both started talking at once. It was kind of a problem there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, I regress uh, here. I shouldn't have thrown it uh, anywhere. I should not have uh, thrown it anywhere. That's what happens. I go to the phones or I try to you know, go to go to a mic. So I don't know. Were you guys both on the air talking at the same time or, or, or am I only hearing you here? Because like, I got Yang talking and I had Mateus talking at the same time here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a problem. All right, I'll, I'll move on now then. So, as I was saying, Evander Kane, dear God, guys, uh, Evander Kane, um, Evander Kane's a tough dude, but you're in the NHL, dude. You're, how much money does Evander Kane make? Like eight, 10 million bucks a year uh, or something like that? So, you know, I think it's kind of ridiculous and stupid, but I got to get the coach Russ Amber on. Um, I'm good friends with the coach, Russ Amber. He's a world, uh, he's a boxing trainer. Now he's a cut man and corner man. He's always been a trainer, cut man, corner man. He's got a boxing glove company, Rival Boxing. He's got great boxing gear. But he was actually in Roy Jones's um, corner. I'll see if I can get him tomorrow, actually. I'll see if I can get him uh, tomorrow uh, on the show. All right, being informed in the chat, we only heard Yang uh, there. Yeah, I don't know. Yang hasn't talked all week. He jumps in out of the blue here talking about <laughs> I asked Matthias, like, I don't know, you can't make this stuff up, but yeah, well, we're going to move on. Uh, we're we're going to move on uh, from that. <laughs> been, been pretty smooth, all things notwithstanding, uh, besides, uh, besides that. So LeBron James, $85 million, $85 million two years. It's, this is the problem with the NBA, and I've been talking about this for years, that the NBA their salary structure is whack in which, you know, this max contract stuff is ridiculous. Every bozo, they're not all equal, right? They're not all equal. Like, let's look at the NBA top salary earners. And I'm not saying these guys don't deserve the money. The NBA, um, the NBA brings in a ton of cash. So I'm not one of these guys that all oh, the players make too much money. They should make money. Owners make a ton of money too. All right. So LeBron James becoming the highest-paid player in the league now uh, with this new deal. 
um, or at least uh, all-time career earner. $349 million he's made. Kevin Durant's made $343 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, or I should say Kevin Garnett. Kevin Durant has made 272 and uh, he's still going to make more. So I don't want the I don't want the all-time projected career earnings for LeBron, $434 million. Projected career earnings for Kevin Durant, $358 million. Uh, this is pretty interesting, actually. I wanted just the this year's salaries, but this is still this is relevant. Chris Paul, $344 million. He's made in his career. Kevin Garnett, $343 million. Russell Westbrook. $338 million. Kobe Bryant made $328. James Harden, $319. All right, so here's John Wall. John Wall, projected career earnings, $276 million. Like, John Wall, what does John Wall do for you? Like, what does John Wall do for you? Like, John Wall's a good basketball player, but John Wall, like, LeBron James increases the value of your franchise by, like, billions of dollars. LeBron James sells hundreds of millions of dollars worth of merchandise and luxury suites. And like, like the Cleveland, like Buddy in Cleveland was a moron. He should have sold the team when LeBron was there. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James aren't worth, you know, they're worth money. It's an NBA team, but it's all comparable. All right. So they're worth money. But when LeBron was there, we're talking like LeBron brings in you know, hundreds of millions of dollars extra a year for a franchise, for the league. Like, sort of like if, you know, if you saw the Last Dance documentary, if you've seen the Last Dance documentary, you know, David Stern basically says, you know, Michael Jordan didn't just sort of save the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, he pretty much built the NBA. And, you know, like Michael Jordan was never paid. It's funny because Jordan made a lot of money at the time. But Jordan even knew he was underpaid. And he even said that and it rubbed people the wrong way. But he basically said, like, if you look at Michael Jordan and LeBron James the same way, that when he goes to another town, the game is sold out, right? The game is sold out. When John Wall goes to another town, is the game sold out? John Wall can't sell tickets in Washington, all right? John Wall can't sell tickets in his own town. Like, look at this. This is unbelievable. You know who's made the 11th most money in NBA history? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, $270 million. And this is with his contracts now. And God knows what he's going to make in the future. I get it. Other people will pass him. But you get you hear, you see where I'm going with this? What the hell does Gordon Hayward do for you? Like, are people, like, lining up? Oh, my God, you signed Gordon Hayward? I got to get a Gordon Hayward jersey? Oh, Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, uh, Gordon Hayward shoes? Come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, Gordon Hayward? Blake Griffin, number 12. Blake Griffin, number 12. All right, Blake Griffin jumped over a car once. A couple of cool dunks. Like, really? Blake Griffin is the 12th? Kevin Love. Kevin Love's a good player. Steph Curry. All right, Steph Curry's an impact player. Steph Curry sells tickets. Steph Curry's the 14th all-time uh, leading earner. 15, Al Horford. <laughs> Al, Al, Al Horford. Al Horford, wow. So, you know what I mean? Like, 
these teams, these teams make so much money off these mega players, these mega stars. You know what I mean? Like there's there's superstars, there's there's stars, there's superstars, and there's uh, mega stars. All right, like there's sort of you know there's different levels to this stuff. You know, like Demar Derozan is a good example. Demar Derozan's a star. He's not a superstar, but he's not an average player. He's a star. He scores 20 plus points a game. You know what I mean? He's been consistent at it. You know, he's been and he's a multiple NBA All Star player. He's you know what I mean? He's a star. He's not a superstar, but he makes like superstar cash. You see where I'm going with this? Like LeBron is grossly underpaid. I know the Lakers are already cash cows. The Lakers already make a ton of money. The Lakers also didn't win in a hell of a long time before LeBron got there. And the Lakers are now selling a ton of jerseys again. The Lakers are on TV all the time again. The Lakers are hot again, right? Like LeBron is underpaid. I'm blown away by this list. Gordon Hayward has made the 11th most money out of NBA, any NBA player that's ever played the game before. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. some bad news for you. Oh, no, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late-night anger management class continues. I am uh, Marenzi talking uh, NBA salaries right now, and I'm still uh, just, I'm still blown away uh, right now. I'm still blown away <laughs> by the fact that Gordon Hayward is the, uh, um, the, the 11th all-time top earner in NBA history. Like, think about that, guys. Think about all the great players, in, and I get it, you know, players didn't make as much money in the old, old days. Thing is, players made pretty big money in the Jordan, like, Ewing days. I remember, like, Patrick Ewing made a ton of money, right? So they, like, in that era, the superstars, like, Jordan made, like, $50 million a year or something. They they dialed it back, right? The salary cap crap, and then they came up with this max stuff. So basically, it was, like, an internal battle with the, the NBA players that they felt as if though that the superstar, that the union only looked out for the superstars. And nobody, you know what I mean? So if you think about it, guys, like, if you're an NBA superstar player, you carry a lot of weight and stuff, right? You know, like, LeBron James has influence on the NBA, like, massive influence, you know, as far as TV decisions with the league and stuff like that. LeBron does have an influence. Like, he doesn't run the league, but you know that Adam Silver will run things by LeBron. Hey, what do you think, LeBron, right? But LeBron doesn't have power over other players. That's the thing. So, like, the rest of the players in the league, not LeBron, not this league, but in past years, the rest of the players sort of revolted against Jordan, Ewing, 
you know, Bert, all those star guys, they were the only ones making a lot of money, essentially. They were making a ton of money, and other guys weren't making all that much. So the NBA Players Association, the union, they revolted against the superstars. And so, like I said, you have a lot of influence if you're a superstar on a lot of things, but you're just a union member. And you're one of like 700 votes or you're one of 1,400 votes or whatever it is, you know, how many teams are in the league at the time. You're just one vote, right? So you can vote on stuff, but you don't have control over like, you know, the contract. So basically it went full circle where now, come on guys, like if you'll notice this year because of the pandemic and because of the fact it's a shorter year and because of the fact that there's no fans in the stands, You'll notice the salaries weren't as big. I was surprised. Like a lot of dudes, like, you know, Harold, nine, you know, a lot of guys, $9 million a year. And it seemed like a lot of dudes in the NBA just said, yeah, whatever. It's a weird year. I'll be a free agent again next year anyways. And, you know, I'll wait till things get normal again. And I'd rather just be on this good team uh, right now. But things, things went like too, like there's, guys make too much money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a, a classic point what I just talked about here. Come on, man. Gordon Hayward is the 11th all-time earner in NBA history. Come on. Like, I, I get it. You guys have done a, um, you know, you've done a a great job. You've done a, you've done a great um, job, you know, making money. Your agent's done a great job. I don't have a problem with it. You know, like I said, the money is there, but it's just crazy. And this is why these teams don't win also. They they sign these players to these massive deals and then they get stuck with them and they realize, you know what, this guy's really not worth $43 million a year. I mean, come on. Like Gordon Hayward's turning down $34 million a year. I don't want to single this guy out, but like he's an average player. He's better than average. Like he's not even a star. Like, you know, he was good in Utah. I think he was overrated in Utah. He always sucked in the playoffs. Look, the Utah Jazz were better without him in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, they were better without him being the lead guy, as you see right now. Donovan Mitchell's a kid. You know, Don, Donovan, Mitchell is, uh, Donovan Mitchell is a kid. And he took over uh, there. So LeBron James making the money that he does, it's, it's not enough. As crazy as it sounds, but it's one of these deals where it's just like, you know, the basketball money is just that. LeBron's making so much elsewhere that he can live with this. But ultimately, ultimately, he is underpaid. And a lot of these other dudes, like this year, Steph Curry is the highest paid player in the league. As of now, I guess LeBron making, um, I don't know, whatever. These contracts are always like backloaded and whatever. But as it is now, Curry's making 40, Curry's going to get make $43 million this year. $43 million. Steph Curry's an impact player. Steph Curry's an impact player. Steph Curry sells tickets. Steph Curry sells jerseys. You know what I mean? Like Steph Curry brings a brings value to your organization. I guess you could argue how much. And really, if you look, kind of like the Golden State Warrior fans are kind of posers. Let's just be real. They're, they weren't as hardcore as they pretended. You know, I think the Golden State Warriors fans and their organization sort of went through what the Raptors have and the Raptors are going through now, where, like, the Warriors were kind of crap. And, you know, they had Latrell and, 
you know, Tim Hardaway, et cetera. They had some guys. Uh, they had some guys. But they, you know, they never got over the top. And if you remember, you know, the fans booed the owner that owns the team now. And Rick Barry had to go out there and say, no, oh, it's for real. This guy really wants to win for real. And dude, the Warriors became this, like, sushi team, right? You know, 28 bucks for, like, uh, you know, a beer and a hot dog. And, you know, number one ticket prices, number one concession you know, prices. Guys, Oakland's not a rich town. Oakland's like a working, you know, working class city. And, and suddenly the Golden State Warriors became this like prime first class ticket. And, and now look, they, they ended up moving to San Francisco. You know, they moved across the bay into, you know, more glamorous, um, you know, more glamorous affairs. And you saw... You know, what happens is the, the the hardcore fan gets priced out and then a new poser fan comes in. But the new poser fan only likes the team if the team's winning. You'll see the same thing with the Raptors. Now, you know, I guarantee you, like Raptors tickets, well, you know, when they eventually get back to Toronto, they're playing in Tampa. And I want to get to that last night too, actually. That's pissing me off already. People are like, oh, wait, the Raptors should wear this Tampa jersey. They're not the Tampa Bay Raptors. And you know what? That pink Tampa jersey sucks, all right? Don't rip off the Miami Vice crap. Don't put sandals or Crocs on the Raptor, <laughs> all right? And, and you know, so what's going to happen, actually, to all these Canadian NHL teams? Are they going to be, are they going to play in a Canadian division? Is that, is that, I don't know. I know the NHL's got a lot of stuff in the air, but. Are the NHL going to play in the Canadian division because they can't they can't travel and stuff? You know, it's one one thing to screw over one NBA team. The NBA doesn't care. There's one team in Canada. You can't screw over all the NHL teams in Canada. You know, the, Canada is the NHL uh, essentially. I guess they're going to have to do that Canadian division thing, which actually be pretty cool if they do, if they ever come to an agreement. At least at least the NBA has an agreement uh, right now. So, you know, it's amazing, too. John Wall and Westbrook are both right here for the top highest paid players in the league as well. And they're both flashy, but what do they bring to the table? Like, what? you know what I mean? What has John Wall, what has John Wall done? The guy's always injured. He doesn't get along with his teammates. Yeah, he's won a few playoff series for you over the years. But John Wall making that much money, right? It's just the NBA is kind of whack. You know, like, not everybody is equal. Like, the top guys in the NBA, like, LeBron should be getting, like, $75 million a year. You know, $80 million a year. Like, if Chris, what the hell is Chris Paul doing? Like, I know, like, I don't know about the fan situation. Let's just assume there's fans, okay? So let me ask you something. The Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, they had that nice little run and stuff like that. Uh, they had the uh, the nice little run in the bubble. You can tell there's something special going on with Phoenix. You know what I mean? They got they have something going on. Like, did anybody say, does anybody in the Phoenix area say, oh, look, they got Chris Paul now. Now that they have Chris Paul, oh, I'm going to buy season tickets. You know, no. You know what I mean? But Chris Paul's making, you know, I'm just talking about, you know, sort of Dana White, actually. We'll put it in UFC terms. And Dana is crude. But Dana's also a genius, and Dana is very good at recognizing people's value, right? And Dana will say, you know, you'll hear the term, move the needle. Does Chris Paul move the needle? No. 
like he's overpaid. You know what I mean? He's overpaid. You're paying all this guy all this money. Like if you're, you think about it from an owner perspective, he's not selling you tickets. You're not going to sell many jerseys. Like you're not making any money off the jerseys anyways, really, unless you sell like millions of them. You know what I mean? You know, what does Chris say? It helps your basketball team a bit. But should Chris Paul be the second highest paid player in the NBA this year? No. Not even close. Not even close. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has sold tickets for the Brooklyn Nets. He has. Now, people that bought the tickets got screwed because he didn't play. <laughs> and now there's no fans. <laughs> but people like did. Like, they sold, like, you know, four or five. Like, tickets were basically sold out after that. Like, when, when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving went to the Brooklyn Nets, they there was, like, they did move the needle. They are getting a bang for their buck. But they're in New York. They have to do something. You know what I mean? You're in New York. You're competing with a lot of different entertainment entities here. You have to have good players. And if you have good players, you're going to have to pay them. So, as crazy as the NBA salaries are, the salary structure is completely... Completely whacked out. JJ Reddick's making 25 mil. LeBron should be making more than double than what JJ Reddick does. JJ Reddick's a cool dude, has a cool podcast, but, you know, $24 million a year? Come on. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Late night anger management class. Level three as we throw it down. 180 minutes full court press. The wicked Wednesday. As though we had Wednesday afternoon of football today. Unorthodox. But, you know, I don't know. I would rather have Thursday night football than uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, football. Yet, these games, and we've seen this all year long, guys. And it's amazing. And we all fall for it. Listen, I, I had Pittsburgh on the money line. You, you, know, you guys heard me talking about how, you know, I thought that Baltimore, the point spread was too high. It was too much of an overreaction to this. But pretty much, I, like, every game, every team, this is off the top of my head, and maybe people in our chat uh, can, can help me out with this, is that every team that's had COVID, college and NFL, or COVID issue, it hasn't hurt them. Uh, besides the Denver Broncos, who didn't have a quarterback, but let's be real. The Broncos suck anyways, right? That's the whole thing. Oh, the Broncos. Like, oh, the, the Broncos. Broncos are going to lose to the Saints anyways, right? Like, didn't matter which one of their crappy quarterbacks was going to be playing. They were going to lose that game anyways. You see Jerry Jones compared, like, the Cowboys situation, the Cowboy you know, situation to Denver. It's like, no, not really, Jerry. Yeah, no, it's not the same. But uh, but that that's besides the point. But in college, man, like, Look, dude, Boise State, before the uh, the Colorado State game, uh, right before the game, about an hour before the game, oh, Boise State, that's, that's 13 guys with COVID. Or 13 players are out. The number moved three points. Went from 16 and a half to 13. Um, Boise State murdered them. Remember a couple of Friday nights ago. Now, listen, Purdue should have won the game. 
Purdue got screwed late. There was an offensive pass interference penalty call that was like complete crap. Um, it was one of the worst calls of the year, but that seems to happen a lot. One of the worst calls of the year. You say we we say that we say that phrase a lot now, don't we? But Minnesota guys, Minnesota was out thirty guys that night. Like Minnesota basically lost their team that night. They won. They played better than they normally do. All right, UCLA Bruins. UCLA Bruins were getting like eighteen and a half points. They were playing at uh, against the Ducks. Same thing, man. Oh. You know, morning of the game, night before, right? You know, day of the game type thing. Oh, the quarterback is out. Dorian Robinson, their quarterback is out. 13 guys are out, if not more. They're devastated by COVID. And what happens? They lose by three. They cover the number. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, COVID, cover the number. Tennessee Titans, oh, they haven't practiced. Everybody loved Buffalo that night on that Tuesday night football game. Oh, they haven't practiced at all. Buffalo, guys, Buffalo were three and a half point favorites in that game. Buffalo were three and a half point favorites in that game. Tennessee rolled them. Now today, the old backdoor screw job, as we stated earlier, the sports rage screw job, the Joan Collins special, whatever you want to call it. Um, as we talked about, we don't want to utter, utter those words, BB anymore. Like we said, man, negativity kills. Negativity kills, and you know we keep talking about bad beats every night, and then they keep happening all the time. It's like maybe we should just stop talking about them. All right, <laughs> maybe we should just stop talking about bad beats uh, all the time. And and you know we'll get some, we'll start to have you know some better better luck. Nothing but positive positive vibes. Yeah, I uh, I I really do feel for people that laid the six and a half and the ten. And both games were very similar screw jobs. That's what makes them painful. Like, if you lose a bet on the last shot of a basketball game, it's like, that's common. You know what I mean? It's, it's common, right? It, but it's frustrating to watch a football game for hours and one team can't do anything. And then suddenly, when, you know what I mean? When there's like, there's like a couple of minutes left after three and a half hours, there's just like one play. And that's the other thing too. Like if you're if you are a Pittsburgh backer, the suddenness of it all. It was the suddenness of it all. You know what I mean? Like if if they would have marched down the field, you know, systematic, you know, like the garbage time drive, and you're like, oh God, here it comes, right? Or how many times have you needed and scored on a garbage time drive? You know, like they, come on, it's like a um, there's a script to this stuff. It's like all right, yeah, yeah, all right, and now there's the garbage time, and we'll see what happens here. Right. There's a script to this stuff. And but it's not like they marched down the field like McSorley did not look good. RG3 gets knocked out of the game. You know, that's Baltimore's looks. RG3 gets knocked out. of McSorley does not look good. He gets in there. He's throwing ducks and kid, the kids thrown in there. He's you know, whatever. He's not good to begin with. And he makes a play and it's just like one play. And it wasn't like a great play. It wasn't like, oh, they threw a bomb and it worked. It's like, no, man, he just threw this like duck. <laughs> he threw this like duck, 10-yard, 15-yard pass, whatever it was, to uh, to Brown. And Buddy on the Steelers comes like running in towards him. And instead of tackling him, like skidded, like he slipped and fell. He slid like a baseball player right past him. <laughs> And there was another dude that was on the Steelers there, but 
he was a dead man. Like he was, he was stuck in cement. You got Hollywood Brown there in open space. You're, you know, it's over. So basically, <laughs> buddy on the Steelers falls. The other guy in the Steelers is sort of close, but not close enough. And and then boom, Hollywood Brown's gone. And there it is. Like I said, like if you were a Steeler backer and they would have marched like, all right, oh, another in, another completed pass, another one. And like, it'd be like, oh no, they're going to score. But the way that it just happened like that, like boom, bam. Uh, sorry, Steeler fans, you're having a great year anyways, but I don't want to bring it up, but it's almost like, uh, you know, it was like the, the devastation of like the Tim Tebow play, <laughs> like the shock, like the same thing. You know what I mean? It was like the same thing like that, like sort of like, just like shock. Like, so you're telling me this dude didn't complete a pass all day, but he just they just won on an 87-yard pass because Demarius Thomas ran past everybody for some reason, right? That's the thing. Like, And you know Pittsburgh's DBs took it off, right? It's the end of the game. It's a stupid game on Wednesday afternoon. The stadium is empty, and they're thinking, oh, God, how much time is left in this game? Just get it over with. <laughs> Next thing you know, Hollywood Brown's running past. But, wow, wow. Welcome to my world, people. Welcome, uh, welcome, uh, welcome to my world. It's a crazy, you know, it's been a crazy year in the NFL, but there's been a lot of this crazy stuff in these games uh, this year. And we read the letter last night. Remember a guy wrote a letter. Uh, he's all pissed off. So he writes a letter to Goodell, an uh, email to Goodell. And Paul Bovey brought this up years ago. I remember Paul Bovey brought this up years ago. We were talking about uh, the legalization of uh, sports gambling everywhere. And I said, you know, you know, we were talking about in England. I said, you know, in England, um, you can bet at the games, right? Like, you know, there's like a beer stand and there's a betting window at, you know, at the game, you know? And, you know, we were talking about how it's ridiculous now that you you can't, you don't have that. And Paul said they better be careful what they wish for because you're going to have an arena full of people that are going to be enraged all the time now. And in the NBA, guys, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. End of a basketball game, the point spread is 11 and a half, and some jackass is on the free throw line, you know, and it means nothing, and he shanks it, he bricks it, <laughs> and like, you know. And think about this. And Paul's like, you know, it's going to change the spirit of the game. And it was funny because Paul Bovey's a professional gambler, right? He makes a living betting on sports and, you know, other things. You know, he's an entrepreneur. But, and even Paul Bovey said, you know, I love gambling, but you don't need to, like, push it down people's throats that it'll have a negative, like, it'll have a bad effect in the end, like, on the game itself in the, um, like, in the arena, right? And, and it's a good point. And you see now, with the legalization of sports gambling in, you know, most states and almost, you know, smart states, et cetera, that fans are stupid, all right? People are dumb, right? They don't understand that that's going to happen, that, you know what, buddy? Sometimes you're going to win on a Hail Mary. Sometimes you're going to lose on a Hail Mary. Roger Goodell and the NFL don't owe you any money, all right, because uh, Doug Peterson went for two points. And in fact... We all talked about this, that, you know, it didn't make any sense and stuff, but I know it's stupid, but the analytics guys, the analytics guys actually like that play of going for two ahead of time, even if you need another touchdown. 
because you you're you need it anyway, so you you get it out of the way. I know it's stupid and blah blah blah. It's it's the but it wasn't Doug Peterson wasn't trying to screw gamblers. He's Doug Peterson is an analytics guy who's crazy, and Doug Peterson literally has a chart. All right, he lives and dies by the chart. So basically, I know about this because I saw this before in college, and they brought it up and they put up the math and they said, you know what, if you actually do the math and the analytics guys talk about going for two in this spot. So that, you know, that stuff's going to happen. But think about like the anger guys and you see it all the time, man. Look, we were talking about LeBron James earlier. Dude, LeBron James, people wanted to kill LeBron James in Cleveland one night because LeBron didn't take a shot at the end of the game to, um, to, uh, to get over 100 points. If the Cavaliers got over 100 points, it was a low-scoring game, whatever. If they got over 100 points, everybody got a free taco and from a you know, local taco spot. And LeBron didn't, didn't shoot the ball. And the thing is, everyone in the arena was yelling, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And, like, everyone was cheering and stuff. You know, they're having fun with it, but everyone was cheering. And LeBron did it, and they booed after, all right? And... LeBron got mad, and LeBron said, I don't know what the hell these people are booing for. We won the game, and he was informed. They said, well, you know, if you would have got 100 points or 110, whatever the hell it was, the, you know, the promo, they all would have gotten a free taco. And LeBron started laughing and said, really? People care about a free taco? And sort of like, like LeBron was like, like, that's what it was about, a stupid taco? And then people got mad at LeBron again for being like an elitist, right? Like, oh, LeBron's, oh, we don't, we don't all make $300 million a year, LeBron. You know, it was a free taco. But you see this all the time in sports, guys. Fans get pissed off over a free slice of pizza, right? So think about this now. Man, imagine Madison Square Garden. Like, they're almost smart not to do it. Like, I'm just thinking, imagine Madison Square Garden. Total is 218. They're at 217, and Buddy on the Knicks doesn't take a shot at the end, and the game stays under. Instead of, like, now suddenly you're going to have people, in the, if you were betting, people in the arena, you're going to have people, like, they're going to be livid. Oh, I got screwed. They're taking bets on the premises, and then they, they didn't take a shot, and now I'm suing them. I, I totally kind of understand, actually. If I'm a pro sports team, I think I, I understand this. You know what? I think that the um, I think that the um, I was gonna I almost forget what they're called because they they seem to move all the time. The Devils. <laughs> I was gonna call them the Newark the Newark Devils. They play in Newark. So I was thinking in Newark the arena, but the New Jersey Devils, the New Jersey Devils, they have a FanDuel lounge. All right. And basically, it's a lounge, and they have iPads in the lounge, okay? But it's not a sports book. But basically, they have Wi-Fi, and they have hostesses and hosts that can sort of guide you through, you know what I mean? But you've got to be like, you know what I mean? You're already betting if you do that, because you already have the app. So basically, you can bet on the app, and they have a lounge there. You start putting betting windows in arenas, People are going to think the fix is in all the time because they lost the bet. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Tight anger management class winding down. Full court press. Right, thanks to uh, Yang and uh, Mateus. Uh, good stuff. So, uh, yeah, good to hear. Uh, good to hear Yang's voice. It just caught me off guard uh, earlier. So I understand uh, we only heard Yang. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, we've 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 got voices and uh, master controls all over America. Uh, I think we need live webcams so everybody can see each other. Uh, as well, and like I said, we need the uh, the cam cam uh, as well. But remember last night I talked about Mississippi Valley Delta State, and we talked about them, you know, on, on all these shows about how it's it's sort of like automatic money betting against them. Now the point spread is going to catch up. You know, even Grand Canyon were 32 point favorites. Go Lopes, uh, even the Lopes, and the Lopes did cover the number. Now another one of the teams, and I don't know where Big Card Julio is. Hasn't been around in a couple of nights, but Big Card Julio, Chicago State, what are they, Cougars? Uh, they're terrible, all right? Like, they're they're really bad. They've been absolutely murdered this year. They're 24-and-a-half-point underdogs. Now, Chicago State are sort of one of these teams that you kind of just blindly bet against, to be honest, right? You're like, you know, you just sort of pull the trigger. So, look, they played Ohio. They played the Bobcats. They were 21-point underdogs. They lost by 23. They played Illinois, which is a tough task. They were getting 42 and a half. They lost 97 to 38. So they, they lost by 60. Uh, 50, uh, what? So uh, yeah, they lost by uh, 59 <laughs> uh, points. Now they, they just lost 74 to 44. And I to North Carolina A, A and T. Wow. So now they're playing Eastern Illinois, who... You would figure, like, I don't know, really, do I want to lay this many points with Eastern Illinois? It's a lot of lot of points to lay, but look, Eastern Illinois played Wisconsin and lost 77 to 67. Cover the number. Eastern Illinois got uh, pasted by Marquette 75 to 50, and then they hung with Dayton. They lost by three. So where we're going with this is we're laying the points with Eastern Illinois. Here's a late-night overnight pick for you. This game's uh, in the afternoon as well. Play the points. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later. 